You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, August 15th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. A lot to get into. I mean, it was a huge weekend for the Buckeyes, um, both on the field with the 2022 team. We'll get to that. That's going to be the crux of the show, is talking about what happened on the field this week, uh, weekend for the Buckeyes. Um, and it was a, uh, a good recruiting weekend as well, because yesterday, Buckeyes received the news that they landed four-star safety Jaden Bonsu, um, that gives them 20 commitments in their 2023 class. They are ranked as the number four class in the country, but they have the second highest uh, average player rating uh, behind only Alabama. And their average player rating is really close to Bama's. Bama's is 94.1 or something like that. Ohio State's is uh, like 93.6. So um, number four class overall in the 24-7 sports composite. But if you look at average player ranking, Ohio State right there at the number two class. I think they're going to finish with at least 25 kids in this class. Anybody who follows recruiting, I'm not breaking news there. Uh, they could get up to a 26. Um, it's going to be a big class. They already have 20, and they got plenty of room left, and they're still in on some good ones. So great to get Jaden Bonsu in the class. Um, and I think it's important to point out because um, we've probably all been guilty of it. I, I haven't said it that much, but um, it's clearly the defensive um, recruiting is not on par with the offensive recruiting. We know that. We know that, but – I tend to think the defensive recruiting might be, you know, getting a li- little bit. People might be in a, a little hard on the new staff. They just got here, and they have landed eight four-star defensive players in this class. Nine of the 20 in the class are defensive players. The only three-star defensive player in the class is Will Smith Jr., who I think is underrated. I think he's going to be a four-star. He's put on a lot of weight. We know the lineage. I think he's going to have a huge year at Kaufman and – uh He'll be bumped up to a four-star. So, anyway, the point is, yeah, obviously offensive recruiting is better. I mean, the staff's been in place. Ohio State is known for having a fantastic offense under Ryan Day. Um, You got, you know, skill position players are just going out of their way to come here, quarterbacks, um, wide receivers, running backs. You know, offensive line, I think they can, you know, that's one area they can step it up a little bit. But um, I like this O-line class, though, in 2023. I like the four guys they got, um, the three four-stars from Ohio. And then the one three-star kid who I think is uh, a bit underrated. I like if you're going to take a chance on a kid, take a chance on a kid that's, uh, you know, 6'6", 310 pounds that moves well in Miles Walker. So, but I just wanted to point out that um, defensive recruiting might be going a little bit better than what the narrative says. And getting Jaden Bonsu yesterday, uh, very good get there. And, you know, this class is good when Jaden Bonsu is, you know, a solid four-star recruit. You know, like I said, the number 22 safety in the country, number three player out of uh, New Jersey, same high school as Cody Simon, linebacker Cody Simon. And he's and he's the 14th uh, uh, rated player out of the 20. Bonsu is the 14th highest rated player in Ohio State's class. He'd be a top five player um, in most classes, not Alabama's, but um, certainly in most of Big Ten. Uh, classes. All right, let's move on. I, w- I really want to talk about 
the team itself. So Saturday was a huge day. I mean, they had their first full-scale scrimmage um, going live. It was closed. I wish I could tell you, like, everything, you know, but um, did, you know, have a source, put a few lines in the water, uh, you know, got a bite yesterday back. Uh, don't have a tremendous amount of details, but um, the biggest thing is the defense is now – I don't know if they're completely staying with the offense, but they're giving the offense a tough time. My source um, either wasn't clear or didn't really want to tell me who, who won, but said it was very close between the offense and the defense. And the offense, the last two years, they they just were used to having their way with the defense during scrimmages. Not all the time. Obviously, the defense is going to make plays even last couple years. But um, just like what they said in spring, the defense is making things a lot harder on the offense. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, obviously, with stuff like that with scrimmages, you always can look at it. Oh, maybe that means the offense is, you know, maybe reading their press clippings a little too much. And they're, you know, they're not looking that good. I don't look at it like that. This offense is going to be elite. The question going into camp was what? How's the defense going to look? How quickly are they going to take to this Jim Knowles scheme? Um, how are they going to execute it? And we won't know till the games begin. But the fact that this defense has gone from the offense really having its way with it um, you know, the last couple of years to now. I mean, it's a good fight out there when those guys go at it. So um, that was good news. That was the biggest takeaway um, was just overall that the defense had a good day. Even if they didn't win the scrimmage, we'll find out. We're going to be over there later today. We'll see if anybody reveals it. We're getting uh, Kevin Wilson after practice today around 1130, offensive coordinator. And he's usually pretty uh, uh, open to, to saying a, a lot of things. I, I won't be surprised if he reveals who won the scrimmage, especially if it was the offense. I bet he reveals it. The defense won. Maybe he'll be a little bit more coy about it. It's my little joke, but uh, or maybe it's not a joke. Maybe he won't. Uh, if the defense won, won't say who won. But um, we're also interviewing the tight ends. Um, we'll get into much more about the tight ends and depth. I think the depth chart at tight end has become crystal clear now. After that was foggy to me coming into camp. Um. All right, speaking of depth charts, we know Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are your starters, those two spots. And Jim Knowles really, as he says, in the back seven, he's not really into rotating that much. He's into playing the starters. They're starters for a reason. They're in good shape, great shape. You know, now if they get winded, they get winded. But he wants the starters played as much as possible because they're the starters. They're, there's a reason they're the starters. So in the back seven, he says he wants the starters out there. Um, you know, you got – five defensive backs, and you got two linebackers. Those seven guys, the starters, are going to be playing most of the snaps. But each of those guys also has a main backup. So he wants to play the starters as much as possible and then one main backup each of those spots. And then um, – and that's really it. you know. So if you're not in, in that mix, you're probably not going to be playing unless it's garbage time or unless somebody gets hurt. So uh, Steele and uh, Tommy are the starting linebackers. I was curious, who's going to be number three? There was a lot of talk about Cody Simon and Reed Carrico and on and on and on. They had so much depth there. Trajan Mitchell. Could C.J. Hicks do it as a true freshman? E.A. Natiote. I mean, on and on and on. Um, it's going to be Chip, Chip Trainum, I was told by my source who watched the scrimmage. He said it looked like Chip was the number three linebacker, that that was the one that Knowles was getting in there. And uh, we're hearing good things about Chip. We're hearing he's the fastest of the linebackers and the strongest pretty good combination um and he was a really good people are like oh here's another line what, what, what's going on with linebacker recruiting another converted uh running back well yeah i mean steel chambers is a converted running back who also was a great linebacker in high school same thing with chip Trainum. these guys just wanted the glory position at first and wanted to play running back which is why Trainum went to arizona state at first they're like because they're like you can play running back for us ohio state was like we want you as a linebacker point of the matter is looks like chip Trainum's at number three linebacker 
And I think that's a good development. And again, if something happens, you got good depth there with guys, all the guys I mentioned, Cody Simon, on and on and on and on. So um, we'll see. Again, I keep saying, I think these this linebacking core is going to be good. I'm curious if it can be better than that. Um, I'll be surprised if we're looking at it like it's a weakness, like we were the last couple of years, um, in large part because of the scheme. Also because Tommy and Steele are a year older. They got a now a year basically of starting experience under their belt. They rotated. Al Washington was rotating those guys like they were a hockey line last year. It was, you know, musical chairs at linebacker. Knowles doesn't play that game. You know, you're a starter for a reason. I bet you there won't be a linebacker quit mid-game, too. What a mess the linebacker room was last year. I mean, at least Dallas Gantt, like, left in the middle of the season, but it was, like, classy, you know. And, um, and you know, Kayvon Pope, I've never seen it. Just in spectacular fashion, quitting in the middle of a game at, at Ohio Stadium while yelling at Al Washington and throwing a fit. And that's that was on Kayvon Pope. My point is, Al Washington's room was a mess last year. Um, of course, he had a defensive coordinator that didn't know how to put a scheme together. So this is why Ryan Day had to burn it down and, and bring in Jim Knowles and, uh, and Tim Walton and Perry Eliano. And back to recruiting real quick. I think Tim Walton's crushing it, and so is Perry Eliano. And, that, and Tony Alford's such a good recruiter. They're having him help with defense now. Like, he's he helped get Arvell Reese. He's helped get some other guys. Like, I love that they're using, like, Tony Alford because, you know, Tony Alford, yeah, he's a running backs coach, but they all – all the guys on the team and you talk to some of the parents like Tony is the father for like second father for some of these guys. And maybe if a guy doesn't have a father in his life, Tony might be like their like main father figure, um, you know, and guys and even guys that have like good fathers, you know, if they're from, you know, Tony's their guy that they go to, you know, and Ryan Day as well. But um, so Tony's more than the running backs coach. So I'm glad that he's also now helping recruiting defensive players, because why not? Maybe he did before a little bit, and I just am not privy to it. He probably did. But you're hearing a lot more about it now with Tony really being um, not maybe not the main guy, but helping a lot with, with recruiting. So I think that's fantastic. All right, speaking of depth charts becoming a little clearer, I mentioned this earlier. Um, I was really curious about tight end because I had some people tell me in the spring that, um, you know, Joe Royer might end up being the guy. And then I was like, you know what? G. Scott Jr.'s got this high ceiling, and um, you know he's he's going to be up to 240 pounds perhaps by the time camp starts. And both those things are true. You know, talking to sources, Joe Royer is going to play a lot this year, and he's a complete tight end. You know, he's came in about 220 pounds coming out of Elder a couple of years ago when he redshirted. He's up to you know 245 now. Every bit of six, every bit of six foot five, and uh, you know just a third year guy um, who really has what, even though he's a third year sophomore. Um, really has four years of eligibility left because the COVID year didn't count. So we'll see about that. But uh, G. Scott Jr., again, he did get up to 240 pounds. He is making plays. He's been taking first-team reps sometimes along with Joe Royer. Great sign for G. Scott Jr. Uh, Mitch Rossi's been a little banged up. He's on a pitch count. He's practicing after missing spring. Had a surgery after the season. Played in the Rose Bowl. Played well in the Rose Bowl. So he's playing through an injury, requ uh, required surgery. Um, so he's a little bit on a, on a pitch count. Just like Cam Brown, the corner is on a pitch count during practice and scrimmages, but at least they're out there playing and should be fine for the season. So G. Scott Jr., Joe Royer, and Mitch Rossi are going to play. Um, they're all going to be in the mix. You're going to see them out there when they're in 12 personnel. Sometimes you know one of those guys will be the only tight end when they're out there. Heck, maybe they'll, they'll do some 13 personnel, a three tight end. And, and I don't think we'll see too much of that. But they'll mix in. Ohio State runs more 12 personnel with two tight ends than I think a lot of people think. Um, but 
to bury the lead here. Well, you guys can see on the ticker. Um, well, unless you're just listening to the audio only version. But I think I hinted enough to it. Cade Stover's tight end one for sure. For sure. Every source I talk to says, um, you know, you know, not only is he tight end one, but he looks really good. And the one practice we were able to see the entire practice, which was last Thursday. Yeah, last Thursday. What jumped out to me was not when he was going over the middle, making like, you know, short passes over the middle. He looked good. I mean, Cade's a big, strong guy that moves well and loves football. We saw him play, playing linebacker and playing pretty well in the Rose Bowl. Just so, you know, and that's how he was in high school. Won, won the Mr. Football Award here in Ohio over Mayan Williams, who was the runner-up that year. Mayan was a junior. Cade was a senior. And Cade played, you know, Cade played everywhere. Um, and I think he settled in at tight end. But last Thursday, I noticed – Twice, C.J. Stroud threw bombs to Kate Stover, like one on a wheel route and one I didn't re- – I don't think it was a wheel. It could have been. It looked like they just kind of like motioned him out, and he just ran faster than the DB expected, or maybe it was a linebacker on him and um, got past him. One was a wheel route. My point is, twice down the sideline, C.J. Stroud hit, and there were great throws by C.J. Stroud too. Shocking, right? C.J. Stroud threw a deep ball uh, accurate or any football accurate. I know you guys are surprised to hear that, but I'm talking Cade Stover looked like he was moving real well. And he caught a ball like 45 yards in the air from Stroud twice. Both of them would have been like long touchdowns if they were going live. Um, I mean, they were being covered. Stroud was being rushed, but they weren't actually tackling to the ground while we were out there. They were thudding up. And uh, both times the offense went crazy when, when uh, Cade Stover caught those long passes from Stroud. So, I mean, if you're wondering, well, how does it look at tight end? Well, now you know. Kate Stover is clearly tight end one, but they also like Joe Royer and G. Scott Jr. and and Mitch Rossi. And, you know, true freshman Bennett Christian might be coming on a little bit. I saw him out there taking a lot of second team reps while we were out there, mixing in. They're mixing and matching at certain spots. I caution whether you're reading my practice report or even any of the other great members. I'm not that I'm a great member. Even though we got a lot of great reporters on this beat. I'm sure you read their stuff too. One thing I would caution Except for the obvious guy, when you're reading these practice reports, except for the obvious guys like C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, now Cade Stover, um, Travion Henderson, we could go on and on. Don't read too much into these depth charts because they are ro- like rolling guys in and out. I mean, again, there are obvious ones. Ronnie Hickman's going to start. Tanner McAllister's going to start. Josh Proctor's going to start. But if you tra- start talking about, oh, I hear that C.J. Hicks was getting second-team reps at, at linebacker. It's like, yeah, he, he was, but – He's probably more like fifth or sixth on the pecking order. That does not mean he's necessarily, you know, going to be that number three linebacker because we're hearing that's going to be Chip Traynham, or he might not even be that number four guy. Um, probably more like five or six right now, but is going to rotate in. There's no way C.J. Hicks is going to uh, redshirt. We all know he's going to play, and I think he might play a decent amount. Um, I'm very hot. I think he's going to be a future star. This year, we'll see. We'll see. I think the one thing he is working for him, even though he's a true freshman and there's a lot of depth at linebacker for the Buckeyes, is the fact that there's not a lot of star power at linebacker, if any at all. Like, I like Steel Chambers and I like Tommy Eichenberg. Do we think they're going to be stars, though? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe one of them will break out as a star. I don't think so. I think best case scenario is one of those guys, or both of them are going to be, like, very good. Not a superstar, but very good. I think that every Buckeye fan would take that and run with it. I just hope they're good. I think they will be. I think both those guys will be good. Um, And then we'll see behind them. But I think it's going to be Chip. But C.J. Hicks, he'll play this year. The only question is how much. But he is the one potential superstar in this group. 
okay? And maybe Chip is too. I don't know. I said he's the fastest and the strongest. That's a damn good combination to have as a linebacker. And C.J. Hicks is plenty fast, and so is Steel Chambers. Those are the next two fastest. Chip's faster than them. So we'll see. I really like C.J. Hicks. Maybe he will break out as a star as a true freshman. I think that's probably too much to ask, but he's going to be a future star. All right. A few more things to get to. All right. I found this really interesting. Okay, so another. What a huge day for the football program this weekend, um, both recruiting and uh, Saturday for the team itself. So they announced their captains. And if we were betting, I would have got a few of these wrong for sure. I'm happy for all these guys. Um, I think all these guys obviously deserve it. But I'll admit, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised about a couple of them. Not surprised about Cam, Brat, Cam Babb, who is also the Block O recipient. Everybody is rooting like crazy for this kid. He's again, he's a little banged up. He's never caught a pass at Ohio State. Fifth year senior now. He's had like, what, four surgeries, uh, mostly on his knees. Um, rooting like crazy for that kid. And you can see why, I mean, when you just hear him talk just a little bit, you can see why easily, right away, why his teammates and coaches love him. Tough as nails. Um, I didn't think he'd come back uh, after that last serious injury. And here he is. So Cam Babb, not a surprise. And he got the Block O recipient, which was really cool. I like that to newish tradition they've started. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, that makes sense. Um, Tyler Friday, from everything Ryan Day was saying about him, I guess that shouldn't have been a surprise to me, but it was because I thought it, Tommy was a good choice because, you know, they're talking about how he, along with Steel Chambers, has solidified things, but you're hearing Tommy might be like the better maybe more vocal leader of, of the two, which is funny when you think about it. Cause if you've watched any of Tommy's interviews with us, although he's, he's a lot more long, long winded this year than he was last year. That's a low bar. Last year it was like, you asked Tommy a question and give you like two words. And that was it. you could tell not a fan of talking to the media, but he's, a uh, um, you know, opened up a little bit more now. He's more, you know, not that he wasn't, I don't think it's like he wasn't comfortable that he was nervous. I think he just didn't want to talk to the media. There's two, you know, I, I, and maybe he was a little nervous, who knows, but he, he came across more like just like, I don't like talking to the media. Never offends me. It, it, it doesn't, even as a media guy, I get it. Um, but um, so, but I'm hearing Tommy's like in the locker room, like a really good leader. So you can't take what they say to them like, when they're doing interviews with the media and be like, oh, he doesn't have a good personality. How could he be a leader? What they show the media might not necessarily be, be what they are in the locker room. Some guys are who they are. I think a guy like Taraja Mitchell, you know, kind of, yeah, kind of goofy, kind of a, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky guy. I bet he's the same way, but um, I bet Tommy's a little bit more reserved with the media and lets it go in the locker room. So Tommy, not a surprise to me. Tyler Friday was nothing, and you know, and Ryan Day talked him up, and I know he's a leader, fifth-year guy, coming back off that injury, but I was surprised Ronnie Hickman was not one of the captains. He was at Big Ten Media Days as one of the three player reps. That told me, well, he's going to be one of the captains. If you told me they're going to have six captains and Ronnie Hickman was not going to be one of them, I, I've been like, what? Like, he was one of the three player reps at Big Ten Media Days. What are you talking about? So that surprised me. The other guy that was at Big Ten Media Days that wasn't a captain was Jackson Smith and Jigba. That surprises me. You might say, well, kind of a soft-spoken guy. True, but as Ryan Day said, he might be somewhat soft-spoken, but when he talks, everybody listens. He's got a commanding voice, and he went to Big Ten Media Days. So that surprised me as well. The one guy that did go to Big Ten Media Days that is a captain is C.J. Stroud. Um, no surprise there. Sorry, my voice is a little scratchy this morning. Um, Kate Stover, that was a little bit of a surprise, but the more I think about it, 
it's not because everything you know, he just has just he's always been a hard worker, but he's taken it to a new level. So that's another one. And one that was a surprise to me was Court Williams. And I say this even knowing that multiple coaches said this wasn't like off the record. They told the entire media this. The Court Williams was probably the hardest worker on the entire team. Now, he's only a third-year sophomore and hasn't played a lot of football. So I thought maybe Court Williams would be a future captain, not necessarily as a sophomore, even though he's a third-year sophomore. But when you are the hardest worker on a football team that has 105 players, 80, right now 83 scholarship players are waiting on Parker Lewis. They're really two under right now. So I hope a guy like Xavier Johnson gets a scholarship. Um, he's always making plays when we're out there. You know, but, um, you know, I, I really thought, you know, so some of those guys did surprise me. But Court Williams, if you're the hardest worker on a team that has all of these guys, basically 100 players, and a lot of these guys are super hard workers, and you're the hardest worker, that says a lot. So Court Williams, he's not going to be a starter, but he's going to play a lot um, as that backup to uh, Josh Proctor. He's going to be all over special teams, and hopefully Proc stays healthy, but Proc gets injured again. Court Williams can more than, more than hold the fort down if he's a starter. So there you go. I thought there were some surprises there, but there are your six captains. Again, uh, kind of feel bad for Ronnie Hickman and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I guess JSN's just got to come back for another year so he could be a captain, right? It's not going to happen. I'm really glad Stroud was named a captain, though, because, you know, it would have been that big of a deal because it would have been his third year. But I, I always like harken back to Chad Henney. He was a fourth-year starting quarterback. Even as a senior, was it named a captain by his teammates? I was like, how are you a four-year starting? If you're a four-year starting quarterback and you're not a captain, something's wrong. Heck, if you're a senior and you're quarterback and you're the starter, you better be one of the captains. Um, so I love that, that Stroud. And, and if you've listened to Stroud's interviews this year, he's still humble, um, but he's so much more comfortable. Like just um, Not that he was uncomfortable last year, but he's got this quiet confidence about him. Because he's not trying to win the job. He's not trying to wonder how things are going to be as a starting quarterback. He's been through that. Now he knows what it's like. He's had super success. The job's his. He can just focus on being great. And that oozes through when you watch his interviews. So um, Stroud, a little bit soft-spoken, but um, I love that he is um, a captain. That's important for your quarterback to be a captain. All right. Great stuff. Appreciate you guys joining me. There was a lot to get into. Um Really appreciate you guys joining me. I know you have a lot of choices. Um, thank you so much for being loyal viewers and listeners of the show. I appreciate it very much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, uh, depending on what platform you are watching or listening on, all that stuff really helps us. Again, thanks so much to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.